He's a world-renowned author and speaker whose timeless wisdom and classic humor has benefited the lives and marriages of millions of people around the world for over 35 years. Uh, he's also a GLC favorite, none other than the Joe McGee. How you doing, Joe? Doing great today, brother. Good to see you. <laughs> it's always good to see you, man. It's good to see your face as well. Uh, back on the line of the Southwest, I met you in 2009 Whoa. and uh, was able to hear a whole day of, of, of all that you had to say. And Joe, you're just known for common sense, uh, for some very insightful things based on the Bible. But, and you're one of the funniest guys I know, Joe, and, and people just absolutely <laughs> love to, to watch you and hear you. Folks, during this interview, go to joemcgeeministries.com and see what he's got. He's, he's got, you can see a schedule, his podcast, even the store, you can even partner with him as well. But none other than Joe McGee. Joe, tell us the latest of what's going on with you now. Well, I'm now a Floridian. I'm a newlywed. I've been married three and a half years now. All right. And, uh, so uh, I'm a very happy man. Uh, I've been an Oki for 42 years. But wow. my wife got up one morning and said, Joe, I need to go back to Florida where my family's at. I said, okay. She said, well, I'm going to sell the house. I said, that's fine. She said, <laughs> you don't mind it? I said, I don't mind at all, babe. I'm, I'm, I'm going where you're going. So she called a real estate agent and we sold it the next day at noon, got a great price out of it. And so they didn't, she said, well, Joe, I'm going to fly to Florida tomorrow and get us a house. I said, you want to go? I said, no, honey, I'll just mess it up. No, I, I just go, go get something. <laughs> and I'm not making this up. So she flies to Florida the next afternoon. She called at three o'clock, Joe, I just bought us a house. She said, you want to fly down here and see it? Said, no, I'll see it. We move in, hon. And so I'm in this beautiful place. It's a 20 year old house on a dead end street out in the country. Oh, uh, wow. I got magnificent office, 12 foot ceilings, recessed lights. It's my own place. I got three glass doors. I'm looking out right onto my swimming pool. So wow. I keep shorts and swimming suit hanging right here by my door. So I'm, either, <laughs> I'm either in my shorts or my swimming suit all day long. I'm a very happy man. <laughs> I bet you are. Well, you, well, you know, it, it looks like Florida suits you. You got some sun on your face there and, and yeah. you, you're going all the way. You're living in flip-flops and shorts. You can't beat that. I am. I don't wear pants any day in Florida. I wear shorts every day in Florida. <laughs> I, go to, I go to my church in shorts in Florida. Wow. <laughs> well, you know, Joe, a lot of people are moving to Florida. Uh, they're, they're leaving places that are, that are looking more like the People's Republic of China in some of their districts yeah. and such. And, uh, you know, Texas, West Texas, I, I, I would say is the last bastion of American freedom, but after seeing Florida and their leadership, I tell you what, uh, now it's, it's Florida and Texas. It's, yes, it is. it's the place to go. Hey, the if all, dogs if, in the country. Yeah. If only the people escaping these communist areas weren't taking their ideas and their voting with them, uh, to pollute the next place they go to, you know, <laughs> I, you know, <laughs> but you know, Joe, during this time of, of, of the, of the COVID pandemic, uh, a lot of marriages have come closer together. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if there's been another baby boom, but a lot of people uh, have have had their marriages and relationships strained during this time in COVID. And I know that you ad address subjects like this with your Live with Joe, your podcast that people yeah. can access anywhere, anytime from your website, uh, com. But what would you have to say to, to couples right now that, They've, they've kind of gone through the ringer during this pandemic. Well, I, uh, I used to do counseling when I was in Oklahoma. Wow. I've got two degrees, but I do not have a degree in counseling. So they passed a law where you cannot counsel. You don't have a counseling degree. So wow. I would tell people, Joe, can you talk to us? So, well, I'll give you 30 minutes. That's all I can give you legally. 
I'll wow. give you the first 15 minutes. I get the next 15. So these are couples that we know they're part of our church and, you know, they're all Christians. And right. so they'll come in. I, they, they're usually real nice about the first six, seven minutes, polite. <laughs> thank you. Jefferson. About 10 minutes into it, buddy, it gets real. And the decibel level goes up and you're just like your mother, you're just like your father and it wow. gets ugly. And uh, I'm not making this up about 15 minutes. And I'll just say, Hey, time out. It's now my turn. And I tell them every, I told everybody I've ever talked to, I don't care what you did, what you right. said, where you've been. We do not have a time machine. We cannot go one half second into our past. Right. Don't think to do about your past is either repent or forgive and get it over with. Don't think you control God's mercy is new in the morning, not yesterday. You got to get moving forward. So as long as you're going to dig up dead stuff in your past, your marriage will never make it. Your life will never make it. Get your eyes off your past. Start looking forward. So wow. I tell everyone. So I go to Revelation chapter two, verse four. It's the same script I use every time. And uh, it's a church at Ephesus. There's seven churches in Revelation. Uh, God's talking to him. Jesus is talking to him. He said, you know, of all the churches, he said, you're the best. You, you've done the most. You've sacrificed the most. You've served the most. And so he's bragging on them. And so he you know, so what does God play favorites? Well, he did on this one. He said, I really like it, guys. But then in verse four, he says, but I have this one thing against you. And they said, I thought you liked us. I love you. You know, I'm proud of you. Well, what's wrong? He said, well, you have left your first love. first love. And it's like, what? Yeah, I used to hang out with me all the time, sing to me, worship me, come bring your troubles to me. But I blessed you real good. I'm not seeing you in several months. Where you been? And they answered, well, we don't know. He said, well, you do three things. You need to remember from which you fell. So every wow. couple of every council, I talk about, you know, they're mad, they're yelling, and they want a divorce. I said, well, what happens? Well, we've fallen out of love. I said, what? Yeah, we fallen out of this one couple. Great guy. He was an old man, uh, married to a great lady for, I don't know, 40 years. But she passed away. He's got four grown kids. A year and a half later, he marries this young Cajun woman. Great Holy Ghost woman, but 20 years younger than him. Well, it didn't take long for the sparks begin to fly because he's like a Norman Rockwell painting, moving slow with a cane and a hat. She's a <laughs> fireball, you know? And so it's just natural stuff. So they came in, and I saw him every Sunday after church for almost a year. I said, listen, guys, you come in after right after the third service, and I'll, I'll talk to you. Almost a year that we did that, and I thought, well, everything's good. They're fine. Three months later, after the first year, I'm in my office after that third service, and this lady sticks her head in the door. I said, Joe, I just need to let you know we're getting a divorce. I said, what? Whoa. We're getting a divorce. Well, I'm so sorry. What happened? Well, we have fallen out of love. I said, what? We've fallen out of love. Oh, that's so sad. I said, well, how did it happen? I don't know. Well, when did you fall in? What? Well, you weren't born next to each other. You had to fall in. When did you fall in love? Well, you know, <laughs> we started seeing each other at church, went to coffee. We go to lunch, go to dinner. And we fell in love. Oh, that's great. And now what? We've fallen out. I said, no, you can't fall out of love. The Bible says love's a choice. Wow. For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. God did everything for us when we did nothing for him. We were going to hell on purpose, and God loved us before we ever loved him. Love wow. is a choice. It's not an emotion. Now there's emotions to go with it. you got to choose. So he said, remember from which you fell. Remember back when it was like when you were in love. I right. do this with every couple in 15 minutes. Well, you fell in love at one time? Yes. What happened? Well, you start, you stop acting like you're in love. You stop serving and being nice and you don't bathe. You don't shave. You don't shower, lay around the couch. And, you know, you expel gas. You know, you're not, you're rude. You're rude. Nobody wants to be married to a rude person. So wow. start acting. There was one guy in a seminar in Kentucky. He came up to me one time. He said, Joe, I appreciate your seminar. He said, um, I've been married to my wife for 32 years, but I've learned some. I fall in love with my wife about six or seven times a year. I said, wow. wow. 
Yeah, I fall in love with my wife about six or seven times a year. I have to redate and relove and go the extra mile again. It's not a one-time deal. And so that's what God's telling the church to live. You need to remember from which you fell. Number two, you need to repent that you fell out of love. What did you do? You sinned. You should have stayed in love. Love's what you do, not what you feel. So repent that you fell out. And then you need to redo what you did in the beginning. So I've had many a couple come in and say, listen, what'd you do when you fell in love? Well, we'd go for a coffee. We'll go for a coffee. And said, so, well, we, we, we don't have any place to go. Well, then make a pot on the stove and go out on the porch and sit down for 30 minutes and talk to one another. Right. Once a week, just spend 30 minutes talking to one another. And uh, you don't have to fix anything. Just sit and visit. I don't know how many letters and notes I've had of marriages that have been saved just because they decided to redate and redo something. Right. So the people that are in trouble, like, well, no wonder. I wouldn't love you. You're rude. You're mean. You're selfish. You're a thumb-sucking southbound mule. I would love <laughs> you. You know, you do something that would make somebody love you. And so wow. it's not an automatic thing. You have to do something. That's you know, that's so, so great advice. You know, I've, I've been inter interviewing movie stars and rock stars. For one reason, uh, I choose people that are pro-America, pro-marriage, pro-faith, pro-veteran. But the reason I'm doing that, Joe, is because I want to take Americans back to a better version of themselves. Yes. And, you know, your body does not know the first time that you experience trauma and the times that you keep repeating the matter over and over again. People get sick that way. People can get cancer that way. That's how unforgiveness uh, broods in, in a person. Yeah. But the reverse is true, too. Uh, when you go back and listen to the old songs and go back to the old places um, that, that, that you used to go to, to together, you go back to, you go back to a different, a better version of yourself and you can stay there with your wife. I'm crazy in love with my wife. I'm so happy with her. We're happy together. Our life is like a jetpack that just took off when we got together. But you know what, though? It, it, it required us to go back to what we did in the beginning, just like Jesus yeah. told the Church of Ephesus. And that's Don't such leave that first love, good that news. First action, what you did. You can't leave that. I remember I, I teach a seminar out of Numbers 13. And, uh, I said, you know, those were the pages are stuck together in the Bible. Nobody reads the numbers. I said, but they'd come out of Egypt. You know, you, you got uh, the Red Sea. We drowned all the Egyptian army. We finally get to the promised land. And Moses says, I'll tell you what you're going to do. Let's pick one man from each tribe. And let's send him in to spy out the new land. Maybe God lied. It might not be like he said, you know. And so he got 12 guys, one from each tribe. Go in, spy the land, see what it's like. So they come back 40 days later. There's two and a half million people sitting here waiting. There's no cell phone, no radio, no TV. They're waiting to find out. They come back 40 days later and they say, well, what was it like? Man, it's awesome. Just like God said, big old houses, great fruits, and got, got grapes the size of your head. I tell people when you find the Tel Aviv, there's a big bronze statue in the Tel Aviv airport in Israel. Wow. There's two grown men carrying a cluster of grapes. I said, cluster of grapes? Those are cantaloupes. Those aren't grapes. No, this is the promised land. Big grapes, big grapes. And so they come back and say, well, just like God said, pomegranates and fig trees and stuff. It's a land flowing with milk and honey. That's, and they're, that's quoting numbers. And then all of a sudden, but, but there's giants in the land. Right. So what? Yeah, man. 10 foot, two inches tall, six fingers, six toes. And we actually asked them what they thought about us. And the guy said, he said, you look like a grasshopper. And I said, well, thank you very much. <laughs> and so they come back. Well, the Bible says the two and a half million people begin to cry. And here's what they said. He said, oh, if we'd only died in Egypt. Oh, if we'd only died in the wilderness. Oh, we just ought to drop dead here. And right. so all night they cried and they thumb sucked. The next day they got up and said, you know, we need to kill Moses. Let's kill Moses and Joshua. Let's pick us a leader to take us back to Egypt. 
Yeah. Let's pick a leader to take us back into poverty, take us back into slavery, slavery, take us back into nothing. They wanted a leader to take them backwards. America's dealing with it every year. We're dealing with it again now. Can we get a leader to take us back and, uh, and how old prices and debt take us back, you know? And so Joshua and Caleb said, says, no, no, said, no, no. It's just like God had left the milk and honey. How's it no, let's go take it. So the essence of it, 12 went in, 10 came back with an evil report. Two came back with a good report. Wow. They saw the same thing. They slept in the same place. They ate the same food, but 10 saw evil, two saw good. It's no different today. And that's about a 10 to one ratio. And wow. so I said, for every 10 people, nine see ugly, one sees good. I've worked from church staff for 12 years. I worked as an engineer in the electrical industry, sector and church. You always have every two people. Now, well, we can't do it. It's too uh -huh. hard. It's too long. It's too late. <laughs> We're too fat. We're too skinny. We don't have no money. One set, there's always one in the bunch of, no, we can do this. We wow. can do this. There's always a David summer. No, we can kill this big thing. And so my whole life, it's a one to 10 ratio. You got one that's going to say, we're going to make it. So everything I've ever been part of, I thought somewhere, somewhere, I got one guy that'll do it somewhere wow. in this thing. Got one staff member, got one employee. Somebody's going to, somebody's willing to do it. And I said, the guys, you know what we're going to do? We're going to leave the nine behind. You want to stay here? And that's what they did. And they cried and said, you know, and so finally they said, uh, Moses, God speaks to Moses. That's it. I'm going to kill every stinking one of them. I'll start all over with you. And this is in the Bible. You can read it. And Moses says, when a God, you can't do that. It's going to make you look stupid. I mean, after all, you've shown off, you did all the plagues, and you delivered in the Red Sea split. Everybody knows about you. You've made yourself famous. You can't do that. You're going to look stupid. And so God says, New Living Translation, God says, yeah, I guess you're right. All right, we'll keep him. But everybody that's 20 years of age and up, I'm taking them back to the winter so they all drop dead. I'll take your wow. children in. And so they made a movie out of it. And so Cecil B. DeMille's. So all of a sudden, <laughs> the people said, uh, yeah, I'm going to take you back and literally all dropped dead. And they got up and they said, well, well, okay, okay, we changed our mind. And so uh -huh. said, we'll go now. And Moses said, no, you can't go. God's not going with you. No, no, we'll go. No, you don't understand. You can't go where God's not at. God's not going with you. Well, they crossed the river and 12,000 of them dropped dead. And they came by and thought, yeah, I guess we got, we can't go. So they went back to the wilderness. So they come back 40 years later. Here's Joshua and Caleb. Now Caleb's come back. He's an 80 year old man and he's coming back and they're right before they cross the river. And there's this conversation. I don't remember new living translation message. One of them is, he said, now, listen, guys, we cross this river. You see that big hill up there. Mine. I've been waiting on that hill for 40 years. Don't anybody take my hill. And the Bible says that old man outran everybody to the top of that hill. Every generation or somebody says, you know, we're going to make it. I've told people, so what do you think about the generation? I said, it's the greatest generation of history. The last days, God's going to pour the spit on all, all flesh. Our son's on the prophesied dream dreams. We live in the greatest day of human history. There's never been a better day to be married, to have children, to have grandchildren. But most people just thumb suck. No, it's bad. It's bad. We're going to wait. Get, it's never going to get good. The gas price is not going to go down. Things are going to get cheaper. It's the last days. Have you ever read the Bible? Really? It's the last days. <laughs> and so it's going to get really skanky, but not for the believers. <laughs> for us, that's our greatest day. More people being born again than the history of the church. There's more teenagers on the mission field than the history of the world. Wow. God's moving, but God does not have a newspaper. He does not have a news channel. Every wow. time Jesus did a miracle, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, every time Jesus did a miracle, the first thing he said was, shh. 
Don't tell anybody. Every time the devil does something, he takes out 14 billboards. Yeah. Jesus is, no, that's between, that's you and me. I'm blessed individuals, not groups. Wow. And so you want God, he'll hug right up to you. God said, you draw close to me, I'll draw close to you. You ask me a question, I'll answer you. Seek, I'll see that you find me. God likes, but it's like playing checkers. God says, you move, I'll move. You move, I'll move. You don't move, I don't move. <laughs> <laughs> God's not moved out of pity. Tears don't move God. Right. Only faith moves God. The Bible says, without faith, you don't please God. Without faith, you don't whip the devil. What is faith? It's simply believing what the Bible says. But if you're not read your Bible, you don't know what it says. <laughs> you're a, you're a doofus, you know, God said, my people, my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. Yes. So we're living the greatest day of human. And my family, I remember when COVID hit, the phones lit up. I'm the only preacher in my family. So they, and it's always Brother Joe. When, it, when it's something bad, hey, it's usually Joe. Brother Joe. Now, Brother Joe. <laughs> What do you think? I said, what do I think about what? About this season? Well, somebody in China let something out of a jar. They let it out of a jar and they closed Disney World down. They've never closed Disney World. Somebody in Wuhan, China closed Disney World down. They shut it down. I thought, and then what's going to happen? Well, it's going to pass. They're going to open Disney back up. It'll be crazy. The Bible says in the last days, people will be eating, drinking, marrying, giving a marriage, buying, selling, building plenty. Jesus said, unless he lied, Jesus said it will be business as usual for the day he comes back to this planet. Now, yeah. I've been through the thing back in the 70s and the 80s when people are panicking. And these are professional. I work with professional people. I had neighbors that store up water, had gas masks, planted orchards with fruit trees because you never know. You know, we got to store up and get ready. Store up for what? Well, it's going gonna, it's gonna to just get bad. No, it's not. Jesus said it's going to be business as usual. The day Jesus comes back, Walmart will be packed. People will wow. be at the lake. Movie theaters will be full. When Jesus comes back, nobody's going to be looking for him. Nobody. Most people, it's going to, and the church will disappear. And what? They're not even going to miss us. They're not even going to miss us. And so I said, you need to get your book. We came with the book. And so I joke with people all the time. So, well, what did you do when you get people say, well, I used to take them to the book of John. Well, I'll read John. That's what somebody did to me. It's a good book. I don't do that. I haven't done that in about five years. I get people saved today. So which where should I start? Start with Revelation. Yeah. Start at the end. It ends yeah. real good. So start the if it ends good. <laughs> and so my wife and I, we're so different. You know, I, I love Angel, but we're so different. And as she, we first married, she said, Joe, you want to watch an old movie? I said, sure. So we're getting ready to sit down. And I said, how does it end? She said, what? How does it end? Well, I'm not going to tell you. Then I'm not going to watch it. I'm not watch movie unless I know how it ends. And so every book I've ever read, I read the last chapter first. Wow. Where's this guy going? If, if he's not going anywhere, I'm not going to waste time reading the other 18 chapters. Where is he going with this? <laughs> Every last chapter is a summation. What's he been trying to say? He'll say it in that last chapter. And so the angel would get so mad. Well, I'm not going to tell you that I'm not watching this movie. Uh, you know, I remember my kids when uh, my daughter was a senior in college. <laughs> we're bringing several kids home for the holidays. They couldn't afford to go home at Christmas. We're going to bring them out. We lived out in the country. So we're going to have a hayride, keep three, four days, have a cookout. And, Try to give them a decent Christmas. And so uh, we're in Blockbuster Video. It's still in business. We're in Blockbuster Video. And with the, it's packed. Two days before Christmas. We're leaning over the counter. I said, what, what are we renting, hon? It's my oldest daughter. Well, Dad, we're renting some mad, 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 mad world. Yeah, that's funny. I like that movie. What else are we renting? She said, well, Dad, we're renting the Titanic. I said, the what? The Titanic. Now, it's the new verse. Now, Dad, we have a beast <laughs> that screens out all the sex and the dirty words. It'll be clean. And so we're at the counter. I said, have they changed into that movie? <laughs> said, what? I said, that boat still sinking in that movie. 
Yes, that's the Titanic. Baby, I'd rather go home and shove a toothpick under my fingernail and sit there for three hours and spend $8 and watch that boat sink. And my educated doctor said, well, Dad, it's a true story. Yeah, people <laughs> burn the hell's true story. I won't watch that either. I've been heaven <laughs> eating dinner, saddling my horse, come back with Jesus. I don't watch stupid. I don't listen to stupid. I don't read stupid. I don't think stupid. The Bible says, guard your heart with all diligence, better than this you should life. So we're in the greatest day of human history. Wouldn't wow. it be embarrassing? Wouldn't it be best to go to heaven and you get to that party game and you think, hey, man, I'm just glad to be here. And St. Peter said, well, son, welcome to heaven. We're going to, well, you know, your name's in the last book. You get to stay. But now we have the book of works. Now, see what you've earned on planet Earth, because we lay up treasure in heaven by what we do down here, how we serve down here. And can you imagine, open up a book and read off all the stuff I've done in faith, out of faith, in obedience, not being obedient. And I imagine some hairy angels. I got a pile of stuff. So, Man, I knew I was busy, God. I must have really been busy. Well, we got a <laughs> test fire first, son. It might not be all good stuff. So I imagine a hairy angel comes up behind a curtain, sticks a big rod down, and just shoots a ball of fire. Boom. And I imagine all my stuff disappears. <laughs> Where did my stuff go? He son, you don't have any stuff. You got a thumb sucking dupes. You get to stay, but you don't have any stuff. You don't have a mansion. You get the whole door of somebody else's mansion. And I think there'll be a lot of Christians in heaven walking around with a chicken leg because I grew up in a big family, big family. So every family reunion, if you're a kid, you don't sit at the big table. You sit at the card table. You don't eat off a real plate. You eat off a paper plate. <laughs> you get and you get the little chicken leg. You don't get no chicken wing, no chicken breast. You got a chicken, you're a chicken egg Christian. So I imagine heaven, a lot of people were a little chicken egg. What a, I was a chicken egg Christian. I thumbs up my way to heaven. Man, I'm be embarrassed to spend all of eternity. You're going to meet Moses and Noah. Hey, boys, how you doing? I was a chicken egg Christian. I'm glad I made it. I get to stay, but that's all I got. So, I tell you, you're laying up treasure in heaven. So find somebody to love, find somebody to serve. Jesus said, You ask you to go one mile, go two. They want your shirt, give them the coat off your back. Be a blessing. And what an opportunity we have in the last days to be a blessing to everybody because everybody's scared, confused. Hey, let's just bring peace. Blessed are the peacemaker, Matthew 5, 9. Jesus said one translation, blessed are the problem solver. A peacemaker is a problem solver. What's wow. your job? My job wow. is to solve problems. That's my job. I got to solve problems every day. I imagine they interviewed Jesus toward the end of his ministry. And I try to imagine CNN, they've been around forever. I try to imagine CNN showing up. Hey, Jesus, we've heard a lot about you. What you got planned today? And he said, and you read, it's in the Bible. Say, well, I got a busy day planned today. First thing this morning, I'm gonna put some eyeballs in a blind man's head. They're gonna get excited about that. In fact, they're gonna drag him down to the Sanhedrin and grill him later today. And they're gonna ask him, "Do you believe this guy's the son of God?" I don't know. Once I was blind, and now I see. That's all I know. He didn't become an evangelist. He just got his eyeballs back. And then Jesus said, "Then later on today, around noon, I'm going into town. I'm gonna raise a dead kid at the funeral. Or they're gonna write songs about that one." <laughs> this afternoon, I'm going out here on the hillside and I'm going to create 5,000 happy meals. Woo, they're going to love that. I got a bitch that I'm trying to be a blessing to everybody I meet. So, we live in the greatest day of human history. Don't go through life grappling, complaining, cussing, you know, sobbing. Get your head up. We live in the yeah. greatest day of all time. Do something for somebody. Be a blessing. Lay up some treasure. I used to tell my family, I want to be the last person off this planet. That trumpet sounds, I'm going to go to heaven with dirt under my fingernails because I'm going to be clawing the dirt as I leave. When I get to heaven, I want to be able to look at Jesus. Here's the keys, Lord. I locked up. Let's sit down and have dinner. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There you go. There you go. The now job well a done. A short question, brother. Well, I'm, I'm glad and I love it. You know, you always have something relevant to say. 
uh, folks, if, if you go to, to Live with Joe, the podcast on the website, great topics. I mean, it looks like your latest one, Becoming a Problem Solver. Here's another one, Protecting Kids from Consequences. Wow, yeah. that's a big one. Yeah. Through the Bible with Joe, Isaac's brother, Uncle Laban, uh, Starting to Dream Again. Yep. Uh, man, people really need to hear that. Talk about encouraging Arguing in front of the kids, boy, I tell you what, that is a when, 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 uh, when I got married, when they uh, when the COVID thing, we couldn't fly for two and a half months. They shut right. everything down. And Angel and I were talking about, oh my goodness, we can't travel. We can't travel. Man, we can't do our seminars. So we're going to the office. We call everybody together at the office. So we have six people on our staff. So we met everybody at the office. We spent five hours. So guys, we're not shutting nothing down. We're wow. going to be busy than we've ever been. So we wrote three books during those two and a half months. And uh, my staff was so glad to get me back on the road. <laughs> and so during <laughs> that time, Angel said, we need a podcast. Yep. I said, what is that? <laughs> I, I was born in 1950 when I a podcast is. And so I've got a phone. I don't do Facebook. I don't do, I don't do any of that stuff. I just use it to call somebody. And well, so probably why you're so productive. Oh, well. And so he said, let's get a podcast. So in April, we started the podcast. In December of last year, uh, just in one month, we had two and a half million hits on our wow. podcast. Wow. We found a world that we did not know existed. Wow. And so we're reaching more people than we could have ever reached in a million years just traveling. And so I married a very smart woman who knows more than I do. And so we are a great match. We are total opposites. <laughs> I tell you, we don't hardly agree on nothing. I'm telling you, <laughs> her, we are a great match. She knows what I don't know. I know what she doesn't know. Woo, it's been a great match. <laughs> That's incredible. Well, tell us about these three books that you wrote during COVID. Well, don't work. the greatest one I wrote was called um, Four Kinds of Kids. I've okay. taught it for 30 years. Proverbs chapter one says this wise, simple, foolish, and scornful. And so I just assume it's so simple. Everybody knew it. And so I got people said, man, have you got that in the book? Have you got that in the book? I kept answering for 30 years. No. So when the COVID thing, I said, you know, people have asked me for 30 years. Let's get this in the book. So it's, it's, uh, it's us, the mini books, just literally under hundred pages, right. big print. And so it has four chapters. And I said, now, listen, these four chapters, there's only one of them worth reading. The first child is the wise child. They live long, they're filthy, stick and rich. They have honored the King. They scale the wall of the city. Great things happen to wise people. If you're not right. wise, you're simple-minded. Right. If you're simple-minded, you're not evil. You're, you're just stupid. You don't know anything. <laughs> you, you know, you have no wisdom. You need some wisdom. Well, the Bible says the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. So I tell people every day I pray that this morning, I'll pray it tonight for go to sleep. The day I realized I was about to be a father, first time my wife, she got pregnant. I said, you know, I started praying. Psalm 34, Lord, Father, I gave you permission. Teach my children to fear you. For the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. With that wisdom comes Proverbs 3.16, long life, riches, and honor. What do you want for your kids? I want them to live real stinking long. You're not coming to my, I'm not coming to your funeral. You'll come to mine of Jesus Terry. Right. Long like riches. You're going to get your own money. You're going to buy your own stuff, buy your own car. You know, I'm going to, I'll birth you and bathe you and birth you and teach you how to talk and walk. Pastor, <laughs> I was going to get you a date for the prom. I'll, I'll help you get into college. I'll buy your first car. You know, I'll pay for your wedding and your honeymoon. After that, I don't pay for nothing. The Bible says parents live for the children, children live for the parents. I've told all my kids, you owe me. You owe me good measure, pressed down, shaking together said, you leave home, but you're not going to leave me. And so I told my kids, what do you want, dad? Uh, I said, well, I want, I want a pickup truck. Uh, I want to go on a, a cruise. Uh, I want a big Winnebago. 
Now I've been on two cruises and I got a pickup truck out of that deal. <laughs> they were saving up big Winnebago 32 foot. And so if you don't put a demand, they just get mad. I'll be glad when I'm out of here, I'll chase you down. I will chase you down. Cause when I'm not in your 70, I'll still be your father. Yeah. I might not be your parent anymore, but I'm still your father and you owe respect to that position. So I'll tell you, I don't care what kind of parents you had mean, snotty, selfish. You still honor the office of the parent. Uh, I may not come and live with you or visit you, but I'm going to honor you when I talk about you. I'm not going to talk bad about you. And so there's wise people. There's simple minded. If you stay simple minded too long, you go to stage three, you become a fool. Now there's yeah. more scriptures and proverbs on a fool than anything. The Bible says a, a fool is like a dog that pukes his guts out and eats it again. Nothing good happens to a fool. Nothing. If you stay a fool too long, you go to stage four, you become a scorner. Scorners hate people that love them. They hate their parent. They hate their teacher. They hate their coach. They hate their boss. They hate the police. They hate anybody in authority because they're in rebellion. Right. The Bible says cast out a scorner, strife and contention will cease. So these four kinds of kids. So I tell people, I hold that book. I said, this is the single greatest book I've ever written. I've written a lot of books. This is my best one. It's the shortest one. I said, just read the first fourth of it. It's eight. It's eight. It's an $8 book. I said, if you'll read Proverbs, you don't have to buy the book. It's in Proverbs for free. <laughs> for free. But if you don't want to read it, you can get it in my book. It's still coming out of Proverbs. I got all this for free out of, out of the Bible. But I put it in print and said, just read the first fourth. Because that's all on wisdom and wise kids. Don't read the other three parts. It's worthless. You don't want to be like that. Wow. Just read the first chapter and you'll be blessed and highly favored. People laugh, but I sell out every weekend. <laughs> <laughs> so we just wrote one called smart moms because uh i was getting ready to publish it and of course i was newly well with angel so angel read it she said uh joe um did you ever think about this you know every chest said no i don't think about that i'm a husband well i'm a wife and I, you, you might want to think about this so i realized <laughs> in about two weeks i thought well we need to shut this down i said angel let's rewrite it so we tried for half a day and we realized we argued for four hours. I said, Nope, shut this down. You go in that office and you finish the, your part of the book. I'll stay and finish my part. And so we had a, we had a publisher put it together. We didn't write it the same time. We all the time. But a, a publisher put it in really good. We said, man, that's a great book. Yeah. We didn't write it together. No. <laughs> so smart moms was a great, great book. Yeah. It turned out really, really good. So. Wow. Wait, well, you have another one. You you don't find a great marriage. You build one. This, this is right. part of Joe's toolkit. Fantastic yes. materials. Tell us yeah, about that. People, well, what we did, because I was a, I was a process engineer. I'm not an electrical engineer, mechanic. I'm a process. Uh, companies hired me to fix stuff. When a company hired me, I worked with three companies, four years each. When they hired me, I have one year to whatever they make. I'm to make it better. We need to be a year from now. I need to be making it faster, better, better making us a bigger profit. I'm to improve the process. So I was trained for ministry for 12 years in the secular world. I improved process. So when I became a minister, I realized, well, first I came to this Joe, can you teach, can you teach parenting? I said, what? <laughs> can you teach a parenting class Sunday afternoon? Sure. So, well, what do you want to teach? Well, you everything, you know, something. No, I don't. I know how to have kids. I don't know what to do when they show up. I haven't read that book yet. I just try to have them. I wanted a big family and I've got one. So I started teaching them parenting and many times in that class, people would ask me a question. What about this? I'd say, I don't know. My kids aren't that old. I'm anybody know about this. And people, <laughs> we might have 12 in the class, might have 30. Somebody'd raise their hand. Well, I did this. And I think, no, that won't work. I said, anybody that's had this problem? Somebody raised their hand. I think I did this. I said, yeah, I think that'll work. Do what they did. 
And so it was wisdom in the multitude of counts. There's no one genius. There's no, there are no perfect parents. They don't exist. They're just, the Bible says the righteous fall seven times that they get back up. There are no perfect parents. There's getting back up parents. So every day is a parent. I had to repent. I had to forgive. What are you, you going to do? Well, I'm not doing that again. <laughs> that didn't work. You know, I'm not doing that again. I'm going to do that. That worked a lot. I'm going to do that a lot. So <laughs> we learn by what we see each other do. So there's wisdom in multitude. So we learn more from each other in that parenting class. Well, eventually said, Hey, can you teach on marriage? I said, sure. So I started teaching on marriage. We did that for eight and a half years. And all of a sudden, because we were in a big church in our city, we had about 3000 members. Then I uh, left there and went to another church, had 12,000 members. And the people said, well, can you teach this? I said, sure. And so the weekends, they would call, hey, Joe, can you come to our church and teach this? So we loaded all six kids in the suburban. We might drive to Topeka, Kansas, or to Dallas, or Fort Worth. And we go for Friday and Saturday at noon, we teach. And so we'd be wow. back for our home church for Sunday. And many a time, people would, people would we'd open up those first few years. We'd open up, okay, we're going to teach on parenting. Anybody have any questions? Well, I just stare at you. <laughs> I said, well, I got a question. I've been, has anybody dealt with this before? And same thing. So after a while, it'd start priming the pump. Then people would start, they'd ask more questions. So our early seminars were just answering questions. Wow. If you don't have a, if you don't ask, you don't get an answer. And right. so again, there's no perfect parents. People didn't come from a perfect home. There's more busted homes. There are more blended families in America today than core families. Wow. More mine years and hours than, than in the history of America. So there's no one normal family. The normal family is the one that's born again. You know, uh, I had an aunt that got married uh, seven times. She married this guy, went down and did the wedding and uh, down in Midland, Odessa, and it was a great wedding. And so a year and a half later, she's divorced. And she's going to marry another guy. So she called, said, hey, Joe Allen, because, you know, Southern boys have two first names. Hey, Joe, would you come marry me again? I said, no, ma'am, I will not. I'll come to the wedding. I'll eat cake and I'll throw rice at you, but I'm not going to marry you. She said, why? Because you don't need to get married. You're not ready. You're going to marry the same doofus you married the first time. You haven't grown up yet. Like right. kind draws like kind. People keep looking for a great spouse. No, you're looking to improve yourself, not the spouse. You know, that's God's job. So work on yourself. And so <laughs> you my last and my last, Uncle Willie was your seventh husband. And uh, uh, it was just bless his heart. And he was great, but he was, man, bless his heart. He's an alcoholic, skinny as a rail. But he was good to her. He was. Had a little country store and made money for her. And so everybody makes their own decision. God right. said, I set before you life, death, blessing, cursing. You choose. Well, if you don't know the word of God, how do you know to choose? That's why you need to read your Bible every day. I should tell people, volume two is not coming out. God's hanging with volume one. Go ahead and read it. Get you a good. Wow. I read the New Living Translation. I haven't left the King James. I still study the King James, but I don't speak King James. I speak modern English. So I like the new living. It's like a grease banana peel. It's easy to read. <laughs> so, so I had my kids. I bought them a paperback Bible every year for Christmas. Here's your Bible for this year. I said, if you miss a day, don't go back and catch up. And people do that. Well, I haven't read my Bible in three months. Well, then start right where you are. Don't try to catch up for three months. You won't ever do it. Wait till next year. Pick it up next year. Or the rapture will happen. You'll know it when you get to heaven. You don't have to read it. <laughs> so, don't press yourself. Just, just read a chapter a day. If you read a chapter a day for 30 days, you can read Proverbs once a day for 31 days, it will change your life forever. God said he watched over his word to perform it, not you, his word. God does not feel sorry for people. People, I used to teach intercessor prayer for 10 years, my local church, Monday night. And they'd come in and people would holler and squall and growl and bark and 
cluck like a chicken. <laughs> said, and I've had to pull people out. Oh, there you go. Oh, I said, that doesn't, that doesn't like get God's attention. Yeah. Faith gets God's attention. Your crime wow. does not move God. Tears do not move God. Yeah. If you cry hard enough, him, no, he doesn't. Only faith moves God. So you better believe it. So you can't believe it unless you've read it. So I used to tell my kids, what do you believe for this? You got three scriptures, get them on a three by five card. Cause God watch over his word, not your need. Well, I need a car. Well, you know, I'll give one. Well, you need transportation, don't you? Yeah. Well, God said that. He's got some scripture about that. You need a place to live. God said something about that. You need a job. God said something about that. I get your scripture, all that. So quit trying to believe for something that's not in the word. And so there's other <laughs> things that will take place. Just be a normal person. Get up, do your job. I used to tell my kids, listen, somebody's going to hire you. They don't hire you because you need a job. They hire you because they got a problem. They've hired you to fix that problem, not because you needed a job. They're not the government. They hired you to fix the problem. Show up early, stay late, work overtime. You wanted to work on Saturday, you know, do extra, you know? And so you do extra, they'll promote you. They don't care if you know Jesus. They don't give a hoot if you know Jesus. No. They care if you can do the job. So do the job real good. And so every great promotion I've ever got is because I did my job good. So I went right. to the next job. I never left. Every time I left them, I left them better than I found them. And the piece, how'd you do that? My daddy taught me to work hard. He said, right. gotta work harder, not smarter. If you'll do the job, people will notice because most people are lazy. Most people won't do the job. They grab, complain, write stuff on the bathroom wall. No. <laughs> somebody. So as a parent, I'm trying to, so we start teaching parenting. It was just common sense. Like, what is it? What wow. teach kid how to work? Kid wow. doesn't work. They can't live in a room. That's, that's a bedroom. Now, this is just me. This isn't God. Uh, I never allowed any, any electronics in my bedrooms for my kids. No radio, no TV, no cell phone. That bedroom has a bed, a dresser, and a closet. And so God designed the human to sleep one-third of the life. You're designed to sleep one-third of your life. That's God. God did. So one-third of your life is taken care of. So go to sleep. Close your eyes. Turn the TV off. Turn the lights on. No red, no cell phone. Don't sit up to 2 a.m. talking to someone on a cell phone. It, you're out of good words. It's all going to be stupid. And so don't do that. So the other two-thirds, <laughs> bathe, get dressed, brush your teeth, don't offend anybody, and go somewhere to be a blessing to somebody. And God will open doors that you cannot imagine. God's wow. real good. Well, Joe, I tell you what, you know, as, as I look at your website, uh, I, I, I don't think I've seen as many resources and categories uh, <laughs> as I see in yours. And of course, you know, I mean, take your pick, folks. Smart moms, the uh, build one better marriage. God knows about parenting. You also yeah. speak to the individual as well, you know, about vision and. There's just so many. Talk about a treasure trove of resources, folks, on JoeMcGeeMinistries.com. It all came out of the Bible, guys. He got it in your own book. God gave, God gave us a book. I, I tell this story all the time. When I was an engineer, I got called about 2 o'clock in the morning, and I was in a plant in Sykes, Missouri, and they call on our big broad breakdown machine that feeds the whole plant. And it's the old plant built in World War II. It's been closed for years. We moved our company from Jewish City, New Jersey to Sykes, Missouri. Bought this nasty old big plant. So we had this big equipment and we had to re-concrete everything. So anyway, we have this brand new machine we built. The others we shipped in, but this is brand new. It's a rod, it takes big copper rod. It feeds this whole plant. This one machine 
feeds this whole plan. And so it stopped working. So he calls to Joe, Joe, the rod breakdown machine is not working. I said, what did you do this? Did you do this? Yeah. Okay. I'll be in there in about 20 minutes. So I come in at two o'clock in the morning, summertime, hot, big double doors are open at the back of the plant where this big machine sits. And so the plant manager showed up and the CEO showed up. So I'm asking questions. Have you done this? Have you done that? I said, well, here's where I got it. 90% of the time. I said, well, where's the handbook? I said, what? Yeah, this big old honking machine we paid a lot of money for came with a handbook. If you buy a lawnmower from Sears, it comes with a handbook. If you buy a sewing machine for Singers, it comes with a handbook. If you buy a pickup truck from Ford, it comes with a handbook. This machine <laughs> came with a handbook. Where's it at? Well, it took 30 minutes to find it. It was in the foreman's office in the bottom drawer of a four-door cabinet, still wrapped in plastic. I'm not making this up. So I get the hand, I unwrap it. And so I'm the engineer. They think I'm doing algebraic equations. I open up the handbook and I go to the back. Every handbook, every handbook has a troubleshooting section in the back. So wow. I'm going and I'm just reading the troubleshooting section. They don't know what I'm reading. I'm, they think I'm doing something smart. So I said, well, have you done this? Have you done this? <laughs> number four, number five, I'm not making this up. It says, is machine plugged in? <laughs> I closed it up and I thought, hmm. So I go in this machine's about 18 inches off the wall. It's big, 12 by 18 foot by 30 foot. So I'm looking, I'm looking for the big 220 plugs. I'm looking down the back. Now I see tobacco spit and coffee cups and, you know, paper wrappers. I don't see the plug. So I was much thinner back then. So I eased down the back. Nobody can see me. Now I look down the back of the machine. Sure enough, two of those 220 plugs are hanging halfway out of the wall. <laughs> now nobody can see me. I eased down. I take my heel and I kick them in. When I kick the plug in, the machine came on. Whoa, 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 whoa. They said, hey, Joe, it's working. Hey, it's working. Okay, I'll be your head out. <laughs> He's a genius. They're slapping me on the back, shaking hands. I said, if it tears up again, call me. And I went home. I said, you didn't tell them? No, you don't tell somebody at 2 a.m. Hey, stupid, did you not check the plug? Because they're not going to buy you anything for Christmas. The next one <laughs> to come in, Charlie McPhail is the plant CEO. Great guy. Played football for Michigan State. I came in and said, Joe, I really appreciate you fixing it last night. Said, no problem, Charlie. He said, uh, he said, well, I got a question. Is it going to happen again? Yes, it's going to happen. Dog, gone. Do we need to call the manufacturer? Nope, it's not the manufacturer's problem. What was it? Now I'm sitting in his big office with a big table. He's at his desk with a pencil and a yellow pad. He's getting ready to write down what the problem was. He said, what was the problem? I said, it was unplugged. Said, <laughs> now I worked on commission. He said, did you bill us for that? Oh, yeah, I've already turned that into accounting. That, that's an expensive plug. He said, now, Charlie, your, your operator could have checked the plug, but, but he didn't. <laughs> but he didn't the supervisor could have checked the plug but he didn't, he didn't. i checked the plug and i'm expensive but i bet you i never have to check that plug again because they changed <laughs> all the outlets and so part of being a problem solver is fixing stuff that's usually simple most of the stuff everybody's dealing with where a family single uh, business owner most of the things you're dealing with are real simple they just need somebody to solve the problem most of the problems are every now and you get something. I need somebody smarter than me, but most of the time it's right in front of you. So right. be, slow down, you know, be slow to, <laughs> be quick to slow to ride. Just be calm for a minute and you'll get an answer. So it's the way we've lived our life. So same thing with the marriage. Marriage is the second greatest thing God ever did. Yeah. God looked at You got to think back. God looked at Adam after the first six days of creation. God's made everything and he's talking to himself. You know, in Genesis 2, he's talking to himself. He's saying, well, that's good, and that's good, and that's real good, and that's good, that's good. And all of a sudden, God said, not good. Now, uh -huh. the first time God said, not good, he was looking at a man. 
And he looked at Adam and said, not good. Not I good. Said, not good. Yeah, not good. <laughs> I thought it was perfect. No, lay here and take a nap. We're going to fix it. So Adam goes on deep sleep and he wakes up missing a rib. And when Adam woke up, he's been, but in front of him was a centerfold of life. And oh, Adam went, whoa. God said, I thought you'd like that. Uh -huh. Adam, they went off to fellowship that day. There you go. <laughs> so, the problem is Lucifer has been fired for his job. He's down here on the planet. And Lucifer walks into the first marriage and he gum flaps him out of everything by right. saying, did God say, did right. God say the Bible right. says Adam sinned, but Eve was deceived. Adam wow. was there when God gave instructions. He was not. Wow. She came later. Wow. It was Adam's job to show his wife and tell her, no, we can't do this. Every tree of the garden, we can take, eat, do whatever one tree. We can't touch. Don't mess with that. Get any fruit of it. And so they did. Well, all of a sudden, you know, the scales fall off their eyes. They realize something. Oh man, we're naked. We're naked. Well, you've been naked from day one. What made you notice? Well, the scales from, so they I, I make a joke. They had to go to JC Penney's and get some clothes. So God comes to the garden like he does every day. And he's hollering for Adam. Now God knows that Adam sinned. God knows right. what we sin. You don't hide nothing. And so he's hollering for Adam, Adam, well, Adam won't answer. All of a sudden, Adam, Adam, so Adam, I'm over here and God asked him, you can read it in Genesis. He said, what are you doing? Adam said, I was hiding. I said, Why are you hiding? <laughs> and Adam won't answer. He said, did you eat that fruit? I told you not to eat. And he's thinking like, well, it was the woman you gave me, God. And it was just me and you. It was paradise. And ever since you brought that woman to my life, it's been going downhill. Message translation. It's a woman's fault. Yeah. So God looks at me and said, what's your story? And she's thinking, man's dumped on me again. He's dumped on me again. And so, so he said, and she's thinking, well, snake's fault, snake's fault. From the very beginning of history, no human will take responsibility for their own fly. Right. It's always my daddy's fault, my mom's fault, the government's so fault, my fault. boss's fault. Until we're willing to take responsibility for us, nothing's going to change. Uh, right. I, can you imagine Adam and Eve getting fired? They've been a, they get fired from the job, evicted from the house, kids start killing each other. That's the first family. Then you imagine them walking out of the garden. There's God in heaven, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost. Can you imagine God looking at his son and saying, Look at him, son. I shot his foot off. I know he's going to go stupid on me. Shot his foot off. Well, I'm going to have to send you down there to fix it. You don't want a guy, but you can't go like you. Yeah. A human lost it. A human's got to get it back. So wow. I got to find me some man on that planet that'll give me his son. And through his family, I give my son. So God's looking. So he finds a man who couldn't even have kids when he could have kids. He finds this old guy named Abraham. And uh -huh. so the angel shoves up outside the tent. Hey, Abraham, get out here. Abraham comes outside the tent and said, look up. How many stars do you see? Abraham said, I can't count. He said, well, that's how many kids you're going to have. Takes wow. him down to the seashore at Galilee. He says, see all the sand? How many sands here? Can you count it? Nope. That's how many kids you're going to have. And he said, Okay. Well, the Bible says Sarah was eavesdropping in the tent and she started to laugh. And uh -huh. here's what she said in the King James, shall I have pleasure seeing my Lord being old also? Listen, we couldn't have a baby when we couldn't have a baby. This is before Viagra and Cialis. He doesn't work. <laughs> he, he doesn't work. I mean, it's giving this what it said in the Hebrew. And so all of a sudden, you know, they just said, you laughed. She said, no, I didn't. So yeah. And, it, and so long story short, you know, one morning Abraham woke up and he said, Sarah, I'm back. <laughs> and they were hugging and kissing for weeks. He said, you thought it's my fault. It's your fault. And so we'll take Hagar, my handmaid, and have a baby with her. And that's where we got high oil prices from. Because <laughs> God had to bless Abraham's seed. He said he had to. 
So isn't you know, that the truth? God has to tell Abram to kick her out. I'll take care of her. So Hagar's kicked out and out in the desert. So an angel shows up. Don't you worry. Your son will be mighty upon this planet. So yeah. the Arab nations, they own the oil on this planet. They're not even poor people there. So you got these two sons being warned each other, uh, Isaac and Ishmael forever. And they're yeah. still at war today. What yeah. is it? Two brothers. They're at war with one another. But God's got a plan, and he's got a plan for his kids, the Jewish people. So what do you think about the Jewish? I pray for them every day. God bless the nation of Israel. Bless them. God sent them around them in divine favor. Give them wisdom. You know, I've been to Israel several times, and I love going to Israel. And so uh, the Jewish people are just different. They yeah. think different. They, they believe different. Uh, right. But we're to pray for them. We're to support them. Because right. uh, it was God's covenant with them. When they rejected Jesus, I got grafted in. I'm part of the family because of them. So I pray for Israel all the time. God bless them, Father. They're blessed. Now, eventually, a rapture is going to happen, and there's going to be seven years of Jewish time left. You know, those 490 years that the prophets thought about, there's seven years left. That's Jewish time. We're still in the church age, and this is the greatest time of human history. So we need to live life to the fullest. You don't need to buy a gas mask. You don't need to store food. We're going to be fine. We're going to be fine. Get busy loving somebody, serving somebody. What what a, an encouraging word, Joe, as always. And you know what? I mean, you, you're able to say some hard things with humor, but things that need to be heard. You know, a common theme is you help people uh, repair and re restore and rebuild. Yes. Uh, the, you know, you talked about plugging the machine in earlier. Uh, you know what? The common theme and the commonality in all that you're saying is God, and it's the Bible. It's his word. Folks, you got to get plugged into his word. I tell you what, one of the best examples uh, that I've seen, because I, I remember you, Joe, but you know, you, you just like Jesus using parables and stories and, and Jesus is very funny, uh, has a very good sense of humor, but you do that as well. One of the things I'm excited about you, Joe, is that you have a secular appeal as well. You, you may be quoting the Bible, but you do have a secular appeal. You know, my father was a drug running hitman in Oklahoma city. And he came to Jesus in a radical way, and then he died. And so it changed my life, changed my trajectory. And it had not been for the Lord. Uh, my life would have, have a different story. But you, your, your encouragement means a lot to me. I know it means a lot to people out there that they need, they need a good word, but they need the truth. You know, yeah. if you see a semi coming down the street and someone's about to be hit, and you say, oh, I don't want to offend them, you don't love them. But if I you tried. love them... Thank if you. you love them, yeah, you're going to run down there. You're going to knock them over, and you're going to say, I'm sorry, but you almost got hit by a truck, and you have so many great things that you teach and your insights and your wisdom. You know, tell us about your seminars, because there, there are churches who never stop. They never back down, and they would like to have Joe McGee come to their church. How does that happen, and, and, and what do those seminars look like? Well, it's easy to have. They just have to contact us at joemcgeeministries.com. We have an 800 number they can call. Go to the website. It's real simple. To, really easy. First page comes up, has our phone number. You can call the office. That's a direct 800 line right into our office. Uh, if we don't respond, we will respond within 24 hours. But we used to do 12 seminars and uh, have a great board, uh, three pastors and a very successful businessman. So, Joe, you need to trim this down. You need to be known for one thing. You know, what is it? I said, well, family. Well, you need to trim it down. So today I do four seminars. I do marriage, parenting, men, and money. Those are the four seminars wow. I do. But you wow. say, can you do this? No, get somebody else. But these are the four things I'm real good at. So if you need one of these four things, bring me in. If you don't need that, don't bring me in. Bring somebody else. 
uh, everybody's not for everybody, you know. Um, God took Paul and sent him to the ignorant Gentile. And then God took the most ignorant Jew he had and sent him to the most educated Jews. Because God's, <laughs> God's got a wacky sense of humor. God's going to yeah. put you where you need him every time. It'll never be your strength. It's going to be something to, God, I can't do this. Sure you can. All things are possible to him that believes. So when we do our seminars, I tell people normally, uh, for example, this weekend we'll be uh, out in West Texas. And we're going to go in, we're going to do a Friday night. Uh, we start at five o'clock and then we'll finish up on wow. Sunday morning. And then I'll be on an airplane by seven o'clock that night, coming back to Florida. Uh, the next week we're going to Rhode Island, doing the same thing, going out for a three-day seminar. Uh, the weekend after that, we're going to New York, White Plains, New York. And so we're all over the country, but we're real simple. And people say, well, if you're ever driving through, call us. So I won't be driving through. If you want me to come to your church, you're going to have to fly me in. I don't drive by. And so I tell people, real easy. I need a round-trip plane ticket, a hotel room, and one meal a day. Because what does that eat? That's all I need. What's the fee? There is no fee. We do love offerings, you know, so it's up to wow. you. And so, and th the whole thing is, you see, the Bible said, go where you celebrate and not where you tolerate it. Right. And I should think about something. Well, Jesus, Jesus must have been fun to be around because kids hung around him all the time. Now I got I a big it. family. I had one grandparent that was meaner than snot, and we didn't want to be anywhere around him. Fun as all get out, had candy in his pocket all the time. We loved him. We love the nice one. We don't like the, the mean one. So kids were around Jesus all the time. And the disciples got mad one time and said, man, send these kids away. She said, no, for such is the kingdom of God. If you fit in one of these little ones that hang on my neck, you might as well hang a millstone around your neck and drop yourself in the middle That's of the sea. Right. God's big on family, big on kids. God loves the next generation. I used to tell people, the church has always been one generation being extinct. Our job is to pass on the faith to the next generation. That's what parenting is. And what's my job? Give this away as fast as I can. Teach it as quick as I can. Give it away. And then you take it, give it away to your kids. Then they'll give it away to their kids. Keep giving it away. It didn't cost us the thing. It was free. It's free information. Give it away. And so the more you give away, the more you get back. People say, how'd you learn so much? I kept giving everything away. <laughs> <laughs> but isn't that how, how God's economy works? He, he blesses you over here so that you can be a blessing over here. Yeah. You know? And it's I, never I, a straight line. It's yeah. never, there's no lot that's never a straight line. You might be a blessing to this person. They'll never thank you in this lifetime. But some over here is going to hug your neck. It, yeah. It's not a give and take prepare. It's just be good to everybody, wow. you know? Be good to everybody. It didn't come the same direction. So, you know, Joe, on. as we do what we do right now with media, you know, uh, at a time where there's a war on middle class, there's a war on personal property, there's a war on, on small business, there's a war on, on gender, there's a war on the family. Read about Agenda 21, folks. They're just doing what they told you they do in the 90s. Yeah. Uh, the Communist Manifesto, read that. If, 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 well, but you know what? In times like these, we got to come together as a family. And when you and I even converse, when you do your podcasts, when you do your television shows, which I pray that people will air your podcast on their TV networks. I know a couple that would do that, by the way. But you know what? We, we're doing battle against the prince of the air. Yeah. You know, I'll never forget Joplin, Missouri. I was going to Bible college and I saw these beautiful houses look like they look like castles. And the Lord said very clearly, because uh, no one was home. Everyone was gone trying to pay for it. And, and I was a latchkey kid. I was an at-risk kid. And there's a lot of that. For those who are Gen Xers, you remember what a latchkey kid is. The Lord said, look at America, the land of unguarded castles, 
where the enemy ravages the children, the prince of the air through internet, television, radio. And you know what? Whenever we do what we do right now, Joe, we are taking back territory from the prince of the air because we know the king of the air. And I don't just want our territory back. I want all his territory. And so, uh, you know, that command to take dominion never went away. But everything you were speaking is about taking dominion, taking, giving God control of your life and, and, and being proactive, not letting life happen to you, but happening to life. How can people support Joe McGee as he goes out and gives all that he does? What's the best way to support you, folks? Best thing you do is pray for us because that's what opens doors. Nothing happens unless somebody prays. I used to tell people, God's not allowed on this planet. He gave this planet to Adam. Adam gave it to the devil. Satan is the temporary God of this planet. John 10, 10, he kills, he steals, and he destroys. People all the time, why did God let this happen? God didn't let this happen. God's not in charge. God's in heaven. They're singing to him. There's a laser light show going on, nice street with lots of fruit hanging off of it. God is not allowed to know somebody prays. Jesus said eight times, you have not because you ask not. So I tell him, pray for us. Then if you want to support us, man, we can use that. We got people that support us $5 a month. Some people support us a whole lot more. Uh, and we have one-time people that give, hey, just want to bless you. That's great. We are wise stewards over every dime that comes in. We cannot do what we do without partners. It doesn't happen without partners. Right. No one person does anything by themselves. Jesus had 12 staff members that he got onto on a regular <laughs> basis, by the way. We have a little faith. Though. And so even, even had one of his 12 went stupid on him. So what he did, he needed a staff. And so, but Jesus took 12 people and turned the world upside down. It doesn't take a lot. And so we're being very effective. I tell you, listen, we're very effective over every dime that comes in. That's God's money, not our money. So what we try to do is be good stewards. Like I said, when I married Angel, we started the podcast. We started the publishing company. Um, man, we, we're places we never could have dreamed we can go. We're the greatest day of human history. You cannot sit still. Right. Just like you, you got to keep moving. You got to be creative. So we're going as many places I can go as often as I can get there. So if you want to pray for us, pray for us, but then you can support us. We're wise stewards over that. Fantastic. A champion for the family, uh, timeless wisdom, hilarious uh, sense of humor, common sense, folks, that you need. Every resource that I can think of, I can't wait to buy it from you. Even apparel, Joe. Go to joemcgeeministries.com. So good to see your face again, Joe. We want to hear more from you. I know some other networks and some other shows would like to feature you as well, even in the secular world. But thank you for being with us today, Joe McGee. I'm honored. Thank you so much for having me. I'm honored. I'm, I'm honored. And thank you folks for watching. We'll see you next time.